You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron. Now here's your host, Ethan Haristadulu. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I'm Ethan Haristadulu, and it's time once again to dive into our weekly NFL power rankings heading into week number 14 now following a pretty wild Monday night football game, one that I did not expect. I don't think a lot of people expected to be quite as competitive as it was with some pretty uh, damning things happening in that game injury-wise with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll discuss that when we get to him, but... Make sure, as always, dive into those comments. Let me hear your power rankings. Let me hear your thoughts on my power rankings. And let's begin with these bottom four teams. Starting at number 32 with the New England Patriots. At number 31, we have the Carolina Panthers. At number 30, the Washington Commanders. And at number 29, the New York Jets. So the Patriots at number 32. At this point, losing 6-0 to to the Chargers. This is like the third or fourth time now within the last, I want to say, five or six weeks that we've seen the Patriots put up single digits or less. And this was probably the worst performance I have ever seen out of the Patriots, at least in my time. Um, And to be honest with you all, I would not be surprised if the Patriots do not win another game the rest of the season. That is just how poor it has been watching the Patriots play. And I don't really know what they could possibly do on offense to muster up anything of significance to help them fight to a victory in any of their games remaining this season. So tough look for the Patriots right now. Unfortunate because the defense can at least slow teams down and make things difficult for their opponents to score. But the offense is literally at this point feels like not showing up to games at number 31. We're looking at the Carolina Panthers here who finally pulled themselves out of the very bottom of the NFL here. I felt like coming off the heels of a game where they were very competitive with their division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was definitely worth at least moving yourself up a spot because at the very least, the Panthers have been able to move the football somewhat effectively and their defense has slowed some teams down, give or take, depending on the week that we're watching the game. But there has been some moments of good effort from them throughout the season. So I figured in a tight contest where you lose by three and you made the game fairly close you score a touchdown that puts you down by three late and then the unfortunate interception from Bryce Young towards the end of the game to ultimately put things away for you cost you the potential comeback victory but they were competitive and that is one thing the Patriots have not been to this point especially the last few weeks so I figured it was worth a nice little bump up a spot out of the worst in the position of the NFL. At number 30, we're looking at the Washington Commanders and an absolute decimation in a game where, you know, I think a lot of people were curious to see how the Miami Dolphins would fare being up in the northeastern kind of area of the United States and it being rainy. You know, how could this offense look? Is it still going to be just as explosive? And I mean, it just felt like another one of those games where the Dolphins were there and they were playing practice. That's basically what it feels like at times when you're watching the Miami Dolphins. It's like they're playing practice and sometimes they're playing practice with no defense to even really cover. Uh, I, I don't really know what to say about the Washington Commanders at this point, other than it's very clear what they're doing now at this point in the season, working their way towards the end of the year. They are looking towards the future, and things have just kind of fallen apart, especially now that you've moved away two pass rushers in Sweat and Young. It just looks like the defense is kind of regressing now at this point as well, having a real hard time generating pressure, and the offense, despite being somewhat competitive at certain points in the season, is kind of falling off as well and maybe that's just because you get to that point in the season where you start to run out of gas especially when you're losing and losing bad and you go up against a team that's as high powered as the Dolphins 
and you find yourself sitting at number 30 in the NFL. And then at number 29, we have the New York Jets. Uh, just another one of those teams. Absolutely terrible to watch when it comes to the offensive side of things here. And it sounds like, and I don't know if this is true or not, but the reports are out there, and it's pretty interesting to see that Zach Wilson does not have any interest in coming back to play for the Jets this season because he fears injury. That is damning at its very finest <laughs> for your quarterback who is basically fighting for his career at this point in his third season saying yeah you know I'm, I'm good I, I don't really think I want to and, and it has to do with him being concerned about maybe going out there and getting hurt behind the offensive line you've put together or not put together but are working with right now currently due to all the injuries uh, I don't really know what to make of that but Offense is bad. The defense still hanging on by threads here or there. It feels like the defense and I, I listen, they slowed down a Falcons team. That's offense has been abysmal themselves. So I don't really know if you could walk away from that game and go. Yeah, great defensive performance. Ugly weather game. Uh, Falcons necessarily not that great at doing the whole offensive thing themselves. Oh, man, the Jets. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers is probably going to cancel his comeback party plans as well. Uh, things are going about as bad as possible in New York right now for both sides, not just the Jets, but the Giants, who are actually in the next group of four teams we have. At number 28, we're looking at the Arizona Cardinals. At 27, I have the Tennessee Titans. At number 26, the Chicago Bears. And at number 25, those New York Giants I just referenced to. So, Arizona Cardinals moving up a couple of spots here with a really good victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, 24-10 to in a double rain delay. Uh, I've not seen something like that before, at least in my time, and it was interesting because it, it, you go from especially when the games are happening live, you know, I'm watching red zone. Then I go back and I kind of rewatch the games and, and run through them using NFL plus. But as it's happening, I'm watching red zone. And for whatever reason, it feels like the Steelers and Cardinals game is just constantly in halftime. And then come to find out it's literally because of just a rain delay the entire time. But overall to be able to come in and obviously you're kind of take advantage, taking advantage of Kenny Pickett going down for the Steelers in this game here, but to come in and put up a solid performance against a Steelers team that defensively has been a pretty much a nightmare for most teams. Uh, I've got to say hats off hats off to them. Kyler Murray delivered a strike into the end zone. That was just like an absolute rocket as well. So feeling himself against a really good defense, some positive signs there. While I still look at this team as one of the bottom dwellers of the NFL, uh, this was definitely a win that I found very unexpected. And is it because of Kenny Pickett going down? I don't necessarily know because the Steelers offense didn't really look too hot prior to him going out. So good win overall, I would say for the Cardinals, Tennessee Titans, you move up a spot here despite your loss. One, because excellent performance in a loss, but you're basically like a missed extra point away from potentially putting your division rival Colts away and finding another victory at home and moving to 5-1 and one when you are in your home stadium. Man, tough loss with Derrick Henry and the concussion concern now. Um, and again, you're a missed extra point away. And to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the offense of the Indianapolis Colts, who somehow has put together the performance that they have this entire season, I mean, that was not something I was expecting from the Titans. If the Titans were winning prior to this game, that was my in my thought process, it was they were going to have to be strong defensively and grind this game out to a victory. But no, they were able to pretty much go strike for strike. The interception on the two-point conversion was massive for them. Obviously, Obviously, sending that back to the house, getting two points to put them in a position to tie the game up and send it to overtime and then potentially even take the win, too. Um, I've just got to say it, it, it tough loss, tough loss. But I will say a good loss at that. 
Hence why you're moving up here. Also somewhat benefiting because the Jets, you know, doing the Jets right now. At number 26, we're looking at the Chicago Bears. Did not play this week. Successful week, though, because you move up a spot. Hats off to you. New York Giants, same deal. Did not play this week, but you found yourself moving up a spot. You can thank your neighbor Jets for that one. Hats off to you as well. Moving into the next four, at number 24, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. At number 23, we're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both these teams staying put and not moving this week. At number 22, we're looking at the Las Vegas Raiders. And then at number 21, we have the New Orleans Saints. Now, Chargers, you get yourself a 6-0 win in Foxborough. Ugly weather game. Uh, I would have expected you to win that game a little bit more handedly, even weather aside, but, you know, fire Brandon Staley, so I guess that's why. At number 23, we have ourselves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you hang on by a thread to be a division rival that I did pick for the upset victory, and I thought we were, like, this close to having that upset happen. A little upset we didn't get that Carolina Panthers win, but it's fine in the rearview mirror. Uh... Would have expected you to handle your business a little bit more accordingly, though. I was just kind of banking on that upset. It wasn't necessarily like I was in full belief it was going to happen. So uh, you don't go down. I don't think it's really much to go off and say, you know, oh, hats off to you, big win. You need to be jumping up the board for your win over the Panthers. So we'll keep you at 23. Solid victory. I know you were missing Levante David and Devin White in that as well, and you still had a really good defensive performance overall for the most part. So I'll give you staying right where you are. At number 22, the Raiders didn't play this week, moving a spot down mainly because of they're just being a victim of somebody moving above them, and that's just kind of how that works out for them. Same with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you're moving a spot down in large part only because of someone moving up in front of you because I've got to give the Saints a lot of credit for the conundrum that is the Derek Carr situation over there in New Orleans, where we now have the Saints fans booing Derek Carr as he comes onto the field and tearing Taysom Hill as he comes onto the field for his specialty plays. Uh, I don't really know what to make of that offensive situation over there in New Orleans, but I will say to be able to stand the test against the Lions and you're basically taking them to the very end of the game in a three-point affair, way, way better performance offensively or just overall in terms of getting points on the board uh, than I would have expected from the New Orleans Saints. I'm a little bit worried now with the Derek Carr getting hurt again situation. Um, It's one of those things where it just feels like every single passing week that goes by, the Derek Carr acquisition might not end up paying off the way the Saints were hoping for. And even despite the amount of talent you have there offensively, you just cannot get it sorted. Uh, But Overall, really fun game to watch. You only move down one spot here, and if it wasn't for somebody moving above you, I wouldn't even have moved the Saints down because that was not a game I was expecting out of the New Orleans Saints in this one here, and I was very impressed by what they did. Moving in at number 20, Cincinnati Bengals. They are the team that knocked down the Raiders and the Saints here. At number 19, we have the Atlanta Falcons, despite their win moving down a spot. Vikings obviously didn't play this week. They moved down a spot, victim of a team moving up on the board here. And then the Seattle Seahawks dropping another spot in a really hard-fought loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. So the Bengals moving up a couple of spots here. Um, Jake Browning, five incompletions on the night. You hit 350-plus yards, a couple of touchdowns to boot, and... Even, you know, you can sit here and say the loss of Trevor Lawrence maybe changed the outcome of that game. We will never know. All we know is that the Cincinnati Bengals got the job done. I'm like trying to figure out and process this because I'm recording this pretty much right after Monday Night Football. And I'm trying to process the events of that game. And 
I cannot believe Cincinnati came into Jacksonville in that situation and pulled off the victory. I know that Jacksonville has kind of struggled to win at home. I believe they're now three and four with that loss in Jacksonville. Kind of a problem there. Uh, But for them to come in with a backup quarterback who has not started in several years at this point now and gets his first career win with the lights on bright in a situation where it's like do or die to get it done, to keep your season hopes alive, whatever they may be in Cincinnati right now, minus Joe Burrow. Uh, And for him to come out and just like play with absolute ice in his veins. Not to mention that Cincinnati had some decent success running the football as well against a really good Jacksonville Jaguars run D. I mean, uh, what can you say? It was an offensive firehouse, and the Cincinnati Bengals somehow came out on top in that one, and I've got to tip my cap to Jake Browning. That was not the performance I was expecting in the very least. In the, I don't think anyone had the Bengals winning a game like that. Maybe they had a tight upset, lower scoring affair. I don't think anyone had Jake Browning going for 350 plus yards and a couple of scores to help lead his team to a victory. At number 19, the Atlanta Falcons here, uh, despite their uh, <laughs> 13 to 8 victory against the New York Jets. Um, I, you know, each and every passing week, my feelings about the offense and just the issues that they have over there continue to be solidified more and more. Um, it was an ugly performance. I know the weather was bad, but I mean, it's not like the Miami Dolphins weren't playing in rain as well, and they put up a absolute load of points. And I'm not saying that you should be the Dolphins every single week uh, or that they are the team that everyone should be aspiring to be week in a week out. They have a litany of talent, but the Falcons have some pretty talented players themselves, and that offense just does not seem to go for whatever the reason may be, despite the amount of talent you have there. Thank goodness, defensively, you were able to hold down a Jets team that seems to be allergic to putting points on the board at this point in the season. So you win, was not a great victory, and so you drop a spot, mainly because I have somebody else moving up above you. Um, if they weren't, you'd probably just stick, stay put, but I figured with the way things kind of shook out this week, losing a spot made sense here because I would have liked to see a a better victory, I guess, overall from the Falcons over a Jets team that is flatlined at this point offensively the vikings uh moving down a spot on their bye week just a victim of a team moving above them we'll leave it at that uh and then the and then the seattle seahawks listen not again one other one of those games where i did not expect to see the seahawks come in and absolutely bring it to the dallas cowboys defense in their home stadium we've seen how dominant dallas has been at home and they took that undefeated home streak to the very limit on thursday night football here dk metcalf looking like an absolute monster here defense went out the window for both sides in this matchup here and a just hard fought loss um you know i i picked the cowboys but towards the end of that game i'm pulling for the seahawks just because of you know fighting to the finish line the way they were and you know they came this close they came this close so again tip my cap to them in defeat um if we can get more of that seahawks offense and less of some of the seahawks offense we've seen where they've struggled to put up like 17 points in some games this is a team that i will believe in as a legitimate contender we also need to see the seahawks defense that can hold teams because that was like one of those weird situations where defense has been pretty strong for seattle this year and offense at times has kind of stalled out but then like you flipped the script this week where the defense just kind of went out the window but your offense found lightning in a bottle against one of the better defenses in the nfl right now so if we can get more of that seattle offense combined with some of the better defensive performances we've seen from seattle this season that's a legitimate playoff contender right there Now, moving into the top half of the NFL, at number 16, we have ourselves the Cleveland Browns dropping three spots 
At number 15, we're looking at the LA Rams climbing four, the Pittsburgh Steelers dropping five down to number 14, and then the Buffalo Bills at number 13, just dropping one single spot here. We'll get into that. Cleveland Browns at number 16, taking an absolute beating at the hands of the Rams. And the game was a little bit closer towards the ends, and I think that the towards the end that I think the score actually makes it look. However, I am really concerned about this offense now moving forward to the remainder of this season because it seems like with the struggles on offense and that in the first half, things looked really good. But in the second half, when they just kind of shut down, it got really ugly really quickly because the Rams are a team that now with Kyron Williams in the fold can really get things rolling on offense via the ground game and the passing game as the run game is going to open things up, whether it's the play action or just forcing teams to you buy in more against the run, open things up for Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua over there. I don't really know if the Browns are going to be able to continue to hang the way they have been through the majority of the season to this point here, just because I, I don't really think what they're doing defensively is going to be sustainable if the offense just kind of continues to flatline the way we've kind of seen. It's not like the world was on fire with the way uh, Deshaun Watson was playing at quarterback prior to his injury, but at least teams kind of had to respect his ability a little bit more. I feel like teams are kind of keying in on the run game with Cleveland now, and it's just like, let's make Dorian Thompson Robinson beat us through the air. And the Rams are a team that are young defensively, but a very feisty group at that led by Aaron Donald. And if they take, if you let them take advantage of you, they will. And I think that they kind of did that against this Cleveland Browns team. And I, and I feel like the Rams might've put together a little bit of a blueprint to kind of slow down what the Browns try to do on offense. And they also kind of showed everyone, hey, this is how you beat the Cleveland Browns in what has been a vaunted defense at this point. I mean, Matthew Stafford carved it up three touchdowns on the night, pushing near 300 yards. I mean, what was not to like by the performance of the Rams in that game here? And that Rams team... I mean, at this point, at 6-6, six and six, with a good opportunity to find themselves as maybe a number 6 or 7 seed in the NFC right now, are surging at the right time. Kyron Williams coming back has been huge for them. It's opened up what they could do offensively, and it's helping out a defense that needs every little bit of help that they can get from their offense, keeping them off the field as much as possible. So, Browns in a really ugly spot right now offensively, and I feel like the defense might start to suffer from that as the wear and tear continues to surge on through the remainder of the season. And the Rams, kind of on the flip side of things, a surging unit right now as they got some key players back, and they look really, really good. At number 14, those Pittsburgh Steelers, though, like I mentioned, um, what can I say? Uh, the offense didn't even really look great prior to the Kenny Pickett injury, but obviously leaning on Mitch Trubisky is not going to really be a recipe for success for you over there in Pittsburgh. The defense struggling with just the offense's inability to move the football in any shape or form. That's always going to happen. I, I always hate those those games where, you know, you look at a great defense and they kind of let things get by. And you, you could even reference this about the Browns too as well in this past week as well. But when the offense kind of gets stuck in neutral and things are just not going well for the offense, the defense ends up suffering as well and it makes them kind of look bad but in reality it's they're on the field for what feels like 65 percent of the game so of course they're going to start to show that wear and tear especially in the back half so ugly performance from the Steelers offensively even despite all the rain delays and everything that you got it just felt like how is this Pittsburgh Steelers team a winning football team with the way that their offense has looked this season, even now in the post Matt Canada era, you know, we all talked about the 400 yard performance last week. And I thought that this was a good opportunity to build off that with a Cardinals team that has not really done a ton other than just be competitive in some games this season. But they came in 
and kind of stomped you out. And it was not pretty at all. Not pretty at all. At number 13, Buffalo Bills. Obviously didn't play this week. Uh, no real reason to drop them. It more just more so just teams moving around them. Um, but I mean, you're a six and six team floating around with a bunch of other six and six or seven and five, or maybe on the flip side, five and seven teams. So and this is just a matter of movement going on in the power rankings. Then moving in to number 12, we have ourselves the Denver Broncos. At number 11, we're looking at the Green Bay Packers. At number 10, the Indianapolis Colts. And then at number 9, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three teams in this group of four right now that I did not expect to see them where they are right now. The Broncos at number 12, really tough, tough loss against the Houston Texans. Really just coming down to Russell Wilson and some really errant throws at like the absolute worst time and a really opportunistic Houston Texans defense taking advantage of that. You kind of had the Texans in a bit of a bind because they lost Tank Dell early in the game, even though Nico Collins was still exploding all over the place. But you kind of put the Texans in a little bit of a tougher spot. You're bringing a ton of pressure, making things difficult. Five sacks on CJ Stroud. I mean, it was a really good performance defensively for them. It was just the offense run game wasn't as strong as it has been. But those three interceptions, man, I mean, it just... It, and it felt like it was consecutive, just back-to-back-to-back, back-breaking interceptions when you got to have it. And Russell Wilson, unfortunately, throwing the game away. I mean, you can't, can you sit there and say it's all on that? Not necessarily, but those three interceptions, I feel like, are burned into my memory as somebody who picked the Broncos to win that game and was pulling for them the whole way through. But I tip my cap to the Texans. They got the job done against a pretty ferocious Denver defense that continues to impress despite that loss this week. At number 11, the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love. There is going to need to be a case study on what the Green Bay Packers have done as far as their quarterback situation has gone the last 30-some-odd years, going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and now from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. At this point in the season, we have reached that spot where we basically were going to figure out whether Jordan Love was going to be a guy for the Green Bay Packers or just a guy that the Green Bay Packers had that they'll probably have to move on from. And at this point, especially these last three weeks, Jordan Love has been nails. I I will say I'm a little bit shocked with how things have gone. Obviously, we're not there week in and week out, especially for the last two years where you weren't really seeing Jordan Love other than like a few moments here or there in some instances, like you got the COVID game with the Chiefs. Uh, so that's like probably the one real game action you got in that was that for his first or second season. And I mean, he hasn't, he just hasn't had a ton of game time coming into this year. So you didn't really know what you were going to get out of him. And it was rough at the beginning of the season, but it wasn't necessarily all on him. It wasn't like he was performing poorly because he had some strokes of genius early in the year, but with such a young offense surrounding him, now everyone's starting to really figure themselves out. Christian Watson looking like that true number one wide receiver that they've needed. Romeo Dubs, the guy that just makes circus catches, it feels like every week, if not every other week. Jaden Reed, who's looking more and more like a beautiful compliment to Christian Watson's number one wide receiver. They have a trio of guys that Jordan Love is going to get to continue to just grow with because Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. They're only in their second year in the NFL. Jaden Reed was just drafted this year. I mean, what is there not to like about what Jordan Love has been doing, especially considering just how young one he is and how young his supporting cast is on offense. The defense over there filled with veterans, very competent group. 
if you can just give them a chance, they can shut teams down. And they did that against the Kansas City Chiefs team. And I know this Chiefs offense hasn't been quite as good as it has been in years past, but to go up against Patrick Mahomes, you get that big interception in a really big spot late in the game to basically put the Chiefs away. I am very impressed with where the Packers are right now. Their record at 6-6 six and six might not show just how good this team actually is, and I think we're going to start finding out these next few weeks just what Jordan Love and this young, guy, this young group of guys is on offense over there in Green Bay, and I'm really excited to see how they play. At number 10, I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts, and I will say that I was flip-flopping back and forth quite a bit between them and the Packers here, but ultimately I leaned more Indianapolis at number 10, uh, mostly because their offense has been pretty much a top 10 unit throughout the entirety of the season, despite the odds kind of stacked against them not having Anthony Richardson. What Shane Steichen has done over there in Indianapolis has been phenomenal. The defense still shows cracks here and there, almost like weekly at this point, so there is definitely some concern with that, but if you continue to just outscore your opponents every week, which isn't necessarily sustainable, but they've been doing it for the large part of 13 weeks now at this point, it, it kind of makes up for it. Alec Pierce, pretty much week in and week out, is good for like one or two home run shots a week. Michael Pittman is turning into that 1,000-yard, 100-reception re receiver that people in Indianapolis were kind of wondering if he could turn into that. And you have the young Josh Downs, who has explosive performances every few weeks here or there and is looking really promising. A tight end group that just filled with a bunch of guys that seem to make plays when, whenever you may need them to. Run game, even minus. No Jonathan Taylor, once again, still effective with Zach Moss, as it has been. I mean, it's an exciting team to watch. They are right in the thick of this AFC playoff picture. You have them, the Texans, and now the Jaguars, because of what happened on Monday Night Football, all in the thick, one game apart, essentially, of that race for the AFC South. And the Colts are in it. At number nine, we're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I've got to say, talk about like a weird, ugly loss for them on Monday Night Football. I don't really know what to make of them at times. They're a team that is eight and four and, you know, competitive unit. They get the job done most weeks. They look like a team that should be winning their division. They look like a playoff team. Their record shows that they're a playoff team. But I can think of three losses that they've had of the four this season that are just like bafflingly ugly in weird ways, where you had the game against the Texans, where you kind of showed up and you looked like you were just not ready for that opponent. You had the game against the Chiefs earlier in the season where offense was just completely flatlined against Kansas City. And then you have this game where your defense just cannot, for the life of you, or life of them, stop Jake Browning from going for 350 plus yards and only missing five throws off of the near 40 passing attempts that he had in this game. Suspect stuff going on defensively right now. A little bit concerned about that. Obviously, though, the big concern right now, you lose Christian Kirk and then the Trevor Lawrence injury. Obviously, be worth keeping an eye on for that. I really hope Trevor Lawrence is okay because at this point, if he goes down, we're talking about like one-fourth of the NFL dealing with injuries at the quarterback position, and I don't know if it's ever been worse than this. Somebody needs to let me know if it's been worse than this. Like, If you want to go look up the numbers, please let me know. But I don't know if I've remembered a season where I'm talking about like eight starting quarterbacks all out and probably done for the season at that especially if Trevor Lawrence stays down and out, which I hope is not the case. But that ankle injury did not look good. Now, moving into the top eight, though, at number eight, Houston Texans, that division rival that they actually just beat last week. At number seven, Detroit Lions. At number six, Kansas City Chiefs. And at number five, we're looking at the Dallas Cowboys. So the Texans. As I just mentioned, yes, the Jaguars just beat them last week, but the Texans do hold a pretty handed win over them from earlier in the season. 
for the Texans to get into the situation where you kind of have a not a death blow, but just a really tough blow to your offense. That Tank Dell, CJ Stroud connection is probably one of the best ones in the NFL right now, with just how explosive those two guys have been together. You lose Tank Dell, so you scrap what you've been doing with him. Now you have to go back to someone like Nico Collins. You also don't have Dalton Schultz in this game. Really effective connection with Nico Collins. Brevin Jordan finds himself getting a touchdown. On top of that, your defense, opportunistic as they come, completely shutting things down in the second half. Three interceptions just back to back to back. When it mattered most, especially that final interception in the end zone to shut things down. Whether you want to blame Russell Wilson for that throw and just being super late on it does not really matter to me. For the defense to come away with three interceptions in the back half of a game in the final two quarters shows that they were all in on this. They believe in what D'Amico Ryan's is doing over there. He is one hell of a head coach and I'm here for it. Texans at seven and five in the thick of the AFC playoff race, literally one game back from having a potential shot of winning the AFC South. This game coming up against the Colts fairly soon is going to be a big one for them. Do not sleep on this Texans team. Do not. I've been saying this for a while now. They've stumbled here or there, but everyone needs to remember, this team is far and away exceeding expectations. And for me to have them at number eight right now, I don't even know if I believe that, but it feels right, and I'm here for it. At number seven, we have the Detroit Lions staying put. Not moving up, not moving down. As I mentioned when we were talking to the New Orleans Saints, uh, I was very disappointed in the performance that they had defensively. And I don't know what happened in the second half of the game where the offense went from just completely decimating to where did we go? Like just disappeared, almost like they just kind of stayed inside the tunnel and didn't come out for the second half. Um, but you get the job done. High scoring affair, shootout type of thing. Um I just I just don't know what happened in that second half. That felt like a full-blown routing. I was expecting the Lions to hang at least like 45 on the Saints with the way that game was going, especially in the early portions there. And I know they were taking advantage of, you know, turnovers and whatnot, but still, you jump out to a 21-point lead the way they did, or uh, you jump out to 21 immediately. I can't remember if it was 21-0 or not right off the top of my head, but you jump out to 21 points as quickly as you did and as fast as you did in that game, by the end of that game, you should be nearing 40 points with the production that they were putting together there. So still get the win. Not going to take anything away from them. Uh, just a little bit concerned with how the offense just kind of fell to the wayside and it became kind of a defensive standoff where you needed to get it done there and then ultimately come away with that victory with the final score that they were able to put on the board. At number six, the Kansas City Chiefs dropping a couple of spots here. Um, what what can I say, man? Between th th This is not the same offense that we've been dealing with with Kansas City and the lack of explosiveness and the reliance on guys that can't open things up and make the separation that you used to be able to get from this very same offense when Tyreek Hill was around is starting to be a glaring issue. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from what Green Bay did defensively because that was one hell of a performance that they had against the Chiefs, especially being able to come up clutch the way they did late to get that big pick. But there is definitely something up with this Chiefs team. And if it wasn't for how great the defense has been performing for the most part... Uh, they'd probably be a little bit lower. I, 
this is more so me right now just believing in Kansas City and finding a way because it seems like they have the last the basically the Patrick Mahomes era and so if you want to argue that you think maybe the Chiefs should be a little bit lower like maybe the Lions belong above them right now or some other argument there I'm sure the argument is definitely valid um this is me just still kind of believing in the Chiefs I'll keep them at six for now but another loss where you know you're struggling to win games and apparently they're they're in a situation right now where they lose any game where Patrick Mahomes throws an interception and they have like 19 points or less whatever that whole statistic is there is a very weird one it just feels like Patrick Mahomes cannot make a mistake and if he does it's like it's it basically costs them a game and that is not how an offense should be run and that's not conducive of a championship team despite them being defending Super Bowl champions so something to keep an eye on there I just feel like right now it's it's the Patrick Mahomes show over there and if he is not on perfect 100% of the time you're not going to get a victory for the Chiefs and that's tough because there are some really good teams above them right now that they're going to need to be able to show up against especially come playoff time and number five we're looking at the Dallas Cowboys and I mean little bit concerned about how the defense looked in that game late or excuse me early late getting it done interception from deron bland i know that you know the joke on thursday night was the whole he was getting cooked the whole game and you know say what you want about all that they came up big late in the game when it mattered and battling in a comeback situation dak prescott leading his team to victory hats off hats off that was a marquee game right there i would argue for dak prescott that's a that's one of those games where i feel like we haven't gotten a ton of that from dak in a big situation where he needs to you know come from behind victory sort of especially in prime time like that so to see a big victory in that same exact situation there albeit against a team that probably shouldn't have been hanging around with you especially offensively the way they have been uh been playing to this point uh hats off i tip my cap excellent win from the dallas cowboys and moving into the top four teams in the NFL right now, sitting at the very top. At number four, we're looking at the Miami Dolphins, moving up a couple of spots. And number three, Philadelphia Eagles dropping a couple of spots after a really tough and ugly loss to the 49ers. Baltimore Ravens stay put at number two. And then the new number one team in the NFL, we are looking at the San Francisco 49ers. So the Miami Dolphins continuing to just put the pressure on they stomp on the gas pedal and they do not let up for 60 minutes and i'm here for it i feel like if you're a team that can just keep dumping points on people do it assert your dominance do not let up because we have seen good teams let off the gas and lose games i like that miami knows nothing but full throttle from start to finish i want to see them do that the rest of the way the only reason they should be struggling or losing games is because they're facing a great defense that is figuring them out or something like that. I don't want to see them ever let their foot off the gas. It's a high-powered Miami team that's getting it done every single week. And like I said when I was talking about the Commanders earlier, going into this game with such ugly weather, I was really curious to see how it goes. And I know it rains a lot in Florida, so it's not like it rains anything new. But colder rain, a different kind of climate, it's not necessarily like the warmer rain that you get over down in Florida. But this was a really good performance. And for them to, once again, basically shut down an offense and you win by like 30 points, whatever the final the, the differential was between the two point scores, uh, 
I've got to say, Miami's looking really good. And Jalen Ramsey coming back from his injury has been a huge plus for this defense. And if they continue to do what they're doing, this is a team now that's looking a lot more complete than they did in the earlier portion of the season where it was just very high-powered offense, but the defense was still letting teams move. Jalen Ramsey is proving to be a massive acquisition for Miami. And number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I picked San Francisco to win this game because my concerns were you just got off a really rough, another rain game essentially against Buffalo. And you're going into, you know, a game with a lot of people on the injury report. How many people playing in that game that were on that injury report were hundred percent. I don't really know, but I can't, can't really say it was probably a lot on top of that. Again, overtime game, a lot of hurt guys. You're going up against a 49ers team that is absolutely rolling right now. Rolling. And I cannot emphasize that. I'm shocked that they lost as much as they did or by as much as they did. Uh, but I'm not super shocked that they lost. I just feel like the efficiency that we're getting out of the San Francisco 49ers offense right now is really, really difficult to match. And they obviously have a great defense to boot as well. You almost have to like be perfect to be beating the San Francisco 49ers right now. At number two, the Baltimore Ravens obviously not playing this week. I elected to keep them at number two and not maybe jump the 49ers to one for beating the number one team and then putting like the Eagles at two for the loss and then moving the Ravens to, uh, to number three because I don't really feel like the Ravens have done anything at this point in the season to make me feel like they don't at least deserve to be the number two team. So keep them where they are. And the 49ers at number one, as I already kind of mentioned touching on with the Eagles, this team right now, they're starting 22 best in the NFL. When you sit there and just kind of rattle off the starters for the team, you mentioned so many names that would be legitimate starters on any other football team in the NFL right now, or at least for like 28 to 26 teams. It's pretty impressive how how far along the entire group of 22 that you can do that with. I mean, from the offensive line to the skill players to the defense, like the guys on the D line and your secondary, the linebackers you have there. I mean, like, it's just it's kind of ludicrous how you could take guys that are like considered the number two and they'd still be a number one somewhere else. Starting 22, unbelievable unit. The depth is what kind of concerns me a little bit but they're healthy right now. They're rocking and rolling and you can't really take anything away from them. I said this, I think a week or two ago, the way I kind of look at the teams in the NFL right now, I would say the best 22 belongs to the 49ers, but the depth that Philadelphia and I would even argue Baltimore has right now, I think might supersede them a little bit. So they're a team that if they're healthy, best in the NFL, if they lose anyone, kind of concerning whereas like with the eagles and the ravens those are both teams that even minus a starter or two here or there i still firmly believe in them as among the best in the nfl and they can perform that way minus an injury or two but we saw what the 49ers looked like minus debo and trent williams and that is something that is definitely worth just kind of keeping in the back of your mind despite me having san fran as the number one team in the nfl but those are my power rankings for week number 14 let me know in the comment section down below your thoughts on my rankings your rankings all that and more, but that is it for me. I appreciate it for me to the end of the video. I'll see you all next time. Have a good one.